What's going on, ghosties? Welcome back to Tales of Spooky Coffee House. If you're new here, welcome to our podcast. My name is Veronica. And I'm Chelsea. And we are your hosts. On today's episode, we will be discussing our haunted location. Ready? Eastern State Penitentiary. Ah! And Serial <laughs> Killer of the Week, Park Myung Sick. As well as a tarot card reading at the end of the podcast. Chelsea, how are you? I've been better, but I'm here. We're recording. I'm here for it. How are you? Oh, I've been better as well, honey. Girl, I mean, I have things that I'm very, like, happy about that are, like, happening in my life, but also, like, that health issue I've been dealing with has Mm -hmm. not gone away, so it's, like, I have to do, like, the hot messes. I know. I have to do, like, a (laughs) CT scan, but they have to do the one with the IV and, like, the dye, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not scared of needles, but I, I, yeah, but you know, I kind of, I want to start off the podcast with something light, right? <laughs> that should be interesting. Yes. Two teenagers in Iowa beat and killed their high school teacher, um, <laughs> their high school Spanish teacher, then dumped her body in a local park over a bad grade. Um, I mean, so are you feeling happier yet? I mean, <laughs> Is it helping? I mean, it's one dead body compared to four decapitated ones, or not even decapitated, dismembered. Welcome to our podcast, ghosties. <laughs> We're starting out strong. Um, police I found... added some liquor to my coffee. You should have. Why? Why don't? Why haven't we? So, police found that the teacher met with one of the teenagers to discuss his bad grade in her class, and then drove her van to a local park where she would go on walks. Less than an hour later, witnesses saw her van being driven by two males in the front seats. The van was left in the end of a rural road. So, I mean, I've never really blamed my teachers for bad grades unless they were horrible teachers, you know? Yeah. Or unless they, like, really hate you and they're intentionally trying to make you fail. There was only, like, one teacher in high school that I just wanted to slap in the face just because, like, they were annoying. But Only one? Yeah, only one. I will. <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> We're like ten years out of high school now. It's okay. No, nobody's gonna know. Why? 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 Why do you do this with the numbers? Seriously, why? <laughs> I don't know. I like numbers. <laughs> I don't, honey. I don't. My 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 old ass is turning twenty eight uh in december so it's crazy (laughs) it's fine (laughs) it's fine this is fine (laughs) so i have an interesting story to tell you okay i was honestly waiting to see if there was going to be more to this story that's why i've kind of like kept it not not i haven't kept it low i just haven't brought it up i'm waiting to see if they like have more but at this point it's been a couple months. I don't think it's going to have more to it. Okay, I'm so, invested. Are you familiar with Ed and Lorena Warren? If I wasn't, that'd be very embarrassing. <laughs> Touche. So for those of you listening, ghosties, if you're not familiar with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Stop listening. Are- Imagine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> Maybe they're just getting started. Okay. 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 
so the Warrens are a paranormal investigator couple. They inspired movies like the Amityville Horror, The Conjuring, The Nun, The Curse of La Llorona, and Annabelle. If you haven't seen those horror movies, I don't know what else to tell you. But it's long been known that they were most likely fake. A lot of their ghost hunting paranormal investigations, that's not anything new. However, what is new is this year, a lady has come out and alleged a scandal that could possibly have made Ed Warren a pedophile. (gasps) Oh, I don't know if I want to hear this. Yeah. So supposedly... This woman is telling the public that they kept her living with them for 40 years in the basement in an open marriage. Now, while this woman is 70, she claims to have started sleeping with Ed at the age of 15 when he was 30. She's also claiming that she got pregnant and Lorraine had her get an abortion because it would be bad for business. Because they, you know, on top of being investigators, they're also devout Catholics. That's kind of funny. If that wasn't bad enough, she also claims that Ed severely abused Lorraine during their marriage. Here's the sketchy part. These allegations were made after Ed's death during the time that Lorraine was extremely sick. Mm -hmm. So it was their lawyer who was the one that has been denying all allegations. My question for you is, what are your thoughts on that? On coming out with these allegations after his death when Lorraine was very sick and couldn't even defend herself? Um. So, okay. I know Ed and Lorraine Warren, based off of research I've done on the paranormal and on their movies, I don't, I would, I can't say that I've known, I'll know them like personally at all. Like not that I like know them personally, but like know about their personal life. Mm-hmm. Something in me doesn't want to believe it. And also, it's funny that you're going to accuse someone of something when they can't, they can't defend themselves or they can't, like, you know, fight those allegations. Um, It's easier for them to get the win over over them, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Anything's possible, to be honest. Uh, We live in a crazy world, so it could definitely be true. But I don't think it is. Or I hope it's not. So you hope it's not because of their... Just because you feel... Well, I hope it's not because I feel and I see them as, like, not two people that would have an open marriage or... Because I've seen interviews with Lorraine and I've heard her talk very highly um, about ed and how much she loves him and stuff but like i said you just you never know you never know now i want you to keep that in mind about how much she loves him the reason why i decided to bring this up now is because the next episode in episode 36 we're going to talk about somebody that this is going to lead to where they made claims after somebody was already dead Mm. but moving on from that i don't want to completely spoil our night yeah, just, are we, are we going on a, on a lighter note, please? Can we do something happy? <laughs> okay, I've got some questions for you. <laughs> what? Would you rather be eaten alive by wolves or eat another human alive? Chelsea, what the... What in the fucking... Ugh. What in the spooky podcast is this? That's not spooky. That's fucking <laughs> disturbing, sweetie. That's okay, part of our podcast. Um, okay, so I'm not gonna answer that question just because, like, ill. That's fucking disturbing, dude. I can't, I can't watch like movies that are gory, let alone answer a fucking gory ass 
question. Well, how about this? Would you answer this? Yes. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the thing, though. Okay. I am. Don't very... try to. Don't no, try no, to no, do... no, 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 no. I am very big on being specific. Okay. So. Well, like what kind of the... humans you'd want to eat? Yes. Or. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If the human was like a serial killer and they deserved it, I would eat the human alive. If these were your only two options? If these were my only two options, yes. If it was somebody innocent, I would not and I would rather get eaten by wolves. Okay, well, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ghosties, if you have an answer to this, please let me know what your answer is. But I'm not answering Rebecca's very torn. (laughs) Get it? <laughs> i got you you guys can laugh now that was a joke <laughs> anyways i got a lighter note question for you oh my god i feel like it's just gonna get worse and worse every time we say on a lighter note no this one's pretty good what's okay. your favorite horror movie quote my favorite horror movie quote is <laughs> um we're gonna pretend like we weren't just arguing right now um <laughs> i love it um hiya georgie oh fuck you you would choose a goddamn clown i love it i love that quote it's something (laughs) i always say out of the random i don't know that's almost as bad as remy every time we walk by a sewer she goes pennywise is down there i'm like shut Uh, the fuck up i always feel like someone could be watching me when i walk by one it's like i summoned her as soon as i said that i looked over and she's just staring at me right next to me (laughs) Ew, dude. God damn it. She just, I almost screamed. I hope you kept your receipt so you could return her. God, I wish, but she won't fit back up there. I mean, you never know. Anyways, my favorite horror movie quote is Hello, Sydney, which is from the Scream movies. You have to say it. Hello, Sydney. Oh. Or also, it's a tie, too, because also, what's your favorite scary movie? That's also a classic. Okay, okay. I mean, I figured you'd, you'd say, like, something from Scream. I mean, you should know me by now. I do. I mean, you're you can you're you still manage to be like unpredictable sometimes, like with me with my humor, which is great. Good. I like to keep you guys on your toes. I I should say I like to be just as surprised as you are by what comes out of my mouth. I think I've said yeah, that before. I, f- but... I feel the same way about myself. <laughs> like every time we do a podcast, like every time we record, I seriously st- like. In my mind, I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to say today. <laughs> like, I wonder that should what be just... crime I'm going to admit to today. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, what are we going to add to the list today? What federal felony? <laughs> okay, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> okay, so I have my, my first question for you is going to lead into my serial killer later on. But what is the craziest or weirdest thing you've done to improve your health? Or like a weird beauty routine that's just not... People would be looking at you like, what the f- Why are you doing that? That question is giving me a lot of Elizabeth Bathory vibes where she would bathe in children's blood to stay young. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I don't think I've ever had a... You don't think you've ever bathed in children's blood before? No, I definitely no, I definitely know I haven't done that. Um, but I I don't have a weird beauty routine. Or you've never done any like anything weird to improve your health? Um, I tried waist training for a while. I mean, does that count? 
Um, yeah, I guess so. That could be weird. I mean, I feel like I've seen it so much, whether it yeah, was it's on like social really media, it's common. Now. Yeah, but before... I was yeah, doing it be before, weird. like, everything, it was popular on social media. Before like, it was weird. Like, that girl that, like, removed ribs and stuff to have, like, the oh, small God. waist. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. it became a thing. Like, ugh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I stopped that a while. My next question is a question that we're both going to answer together. So if we could only describe each other as individuals and as a team, as a duo, in five words, what would those five words be? So, for example, I'll describe you in five words, you describe me in five words, and then we'll try to describe each other as a duo in five words. Okay, so I'll go first with you or... Yes, whatever you want. Okay, funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll pay you, I'll I'll send you five dollars if you say pretty. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so funny, gorgeous, <laughs> annoying, sister, and ghetto. <gasps> Why ghetto? Yeah. yeah. I have well, seen you get ghetto before, and if somebody pissed you oh, off, like I would feel so bad. Wise. Yeah, like attitude-wise. <laughs> LOL. I love how you see it as ghetto. It really is, though. Like, your attitude, like, ooh. <laughs> I wonder. I feel bad for anybody that you give attitude to. I've been on the receiving end of that. No, thank you. Well, don't fuck with me, <laughs> and I won't have to get ghetto. <laughs> okay, um, me describing you in five words: one, creative; Aww. two, sexy; ooh, three. Damn it! What's the word I'm looking? Hold on, I need to Google adjectives really quick. <laughs> one moment um you should have had your answers prepared it was your question i just thought of it today fool um hmm. what did it oh um bossy oh my god you're so bossy to your kids you act like they're you're their mom like ill Um, i can reach through this and slap you i would likewise (laughs) um (laughs) outrageous and when I say outrageous, I mean like you're funny and you're fucking you like get like like we just said you fucking admit to shit you shouldn't be admitting to <laughs> to the public. <laughs> if it was like a conversation between you and I, I get it. But like it is a conversation between you and I. It's okay, just, but oh, we have listeners, dude. Oh, by the way, we have two new countries um listening to us. I don't know who it is, but I'll look it up and I'll do a little <laughs> shout out towards the end. But cool. And then last but not least, can I say like fiery, like, like a, I don't know. There's like a word I'm looking for in that. Firecracker? I guess so. Maybe it's the hair. Yeah. I was going to say, is it because of my red hair? But I like, I like your attitude, your sassiness. You're like, I don't know. You're scary sassiness. Yeah. That redhead, no soul sassiness. I love it. (laughs) All right. So between you and I, now we have to pick five words in which describes us as a duo chaotic yeah oh yeah yeah number Uh one yep hilarious hilarious people hilarious unpredictable does it have yeah unpredictable does it have to be a word or can it be a phrase well i said five words stupid but i guess you could say a phrase for number four i was gonna say fuck around and find out yeah fuck around find out how ghetto ghetto could get (laughs) (laughs) And then one more. Real. Well, definitely cre- yes. I was going to say creative, but real fits better because, like, we're truthful. Like, we, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are good. I like those. All right, cool. Well done. Chelsea, would you like to get us started on segment number one, Haunted Location? Yeah, so the Haunted Location of the week is Eastern State Penitentiary, and it's located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So it was operational from 1829 until 1971. It refined the revolutionary system of separate incarceration which was first pioneered at the Walnut Street Jail, and it emphasized principles of reform rather than punishment. Do you believe in that? Do you believe that, um, well, I guess it's like a two-question type of thing, but like, do you believe that that works? And two, do you think they deserve to be able to, you know, turn their life around? I think they should be given the chance to. I definitely, okay, so here's the thing. Recently, they've been allowed to have, like, tablets and phones and all kinds of, like, electronic devices. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's okay. I think Mm -hmm. if they're doing it for an education, like, like they're doing online classes, Mm -hmm. sure, maybe. But at the end of the day, they are there because they broke the law. They've done a crime. Their punishment is to lose part of their life. You know, they're serving time for whatever crime they committed. I don't think that it should just be free time to do whatever you want and get you know get fed and have a place to stay even though it's fucking shitty but like you you're there to reform yourself you should be trying to make your life better so when you get out you can get a job you can move on you can be better than what you went in as i think it depends on what crime they committed i mean like if if you're there for life because you you murdered somebody or you're a serial rapist or something like that, I mean if if your crimes are so high and you're never gonna get out, I mean what's the point of you reforming? Maybe it's so that you can save your eternal soul if you believe in that. Fuck that! If you fucking killed somebody or you're a fucking rapist, go fuck yourself. I honestly don't have any sympathy for people like that. Um, you know what you're doing and you did it, so fuck off. But exactly. to other people, and that's why are, mm-hmm. that's exactly why I don't think that they should get like electronic devices and you know things that are that connect them to the real world. And could... well, not only that, but that's not how is that being a punishment? That's being privileged in prison. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back on topic. Yes. Sorry, Z. Um. <laughs> so some of the more popular prisoners that were at this penitentiary were. Notorious criminal Al Capone and famous bank robber Willie Sutton. I guess I should have brought them up later, but that's okay. After its completion, the building was the largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States. Not just the state of Pennsylvania, but the whole country. And it quickly became a model for more than 300 prisons worldwide. It's currently a U.S. National Historic Landmark and is open to the public as a museum with tours seven days a week, 12 months a year, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So if you want to go check it out, I mean, you literally have every opportunity to do that. But anyways, the penitentiary was designed by John Havland, and it's considered to be the world's first true penitentiary. I don't know why I'm, having, I'm struggling so hard today. Okay. Um, so the Pennsylvania system was she opposed... She said today... <laughs> <laughs> The Pennsylvania system was opposed by the Auburn system, also known as the New York system, 
which held that prisoners should be forced to work together in silence and could be subjected to physical punishment. So originally, the inmates were housed in cells that can only be accessed by entering through a small exercise yard that attached to the back of the prison. It was only a small portal just large enough to pass meals into the cell blocks. However, during construction, it, the design proved impractical and they decided to construct the cells to allow the prisoners to enter and leave the cell blocks through metal doors that were covered by a, a separate door to filter out the noise. Now, there was a lot of religious inspiration for this mm-hmm. place. The halls specifically were designed to have the feel of a church, and the, many believe that the reason the doors were so small was so that prisoners would have a harder time getting out minimizing the attack on an officer, but also it forced prisoners to bow while entering their cell, which would, you know, in turn make them physically like bend down while entering their cell, kind of like, kind of like in a prayer type thing. So Mm -hmm. now outside the cells were an individual area for exercise, which were enclosed by high walls. So the prisoners could not communicate with each other. The exercise time for each prisoner was synchronized. So no two prisoners next to each other would be out at the same time. They were allowed to garden and even keep pets in their exercise yards. And when a prisoner left his cell, the accompanying guard would wrap a hood over their head to prevent them from being recognized by the other prisoners. So they would literally be transported to and from the exercise yard with a bag or something over their head, and they were only allowed to be outside for one hour a day. Cell block 15 was the worst was for the worst behaved prisoners, and the guards were gated off from there entirely. The inmates were punished with the individual treatment system, which means that they were that that's basically why they were separated from each other. They at the time believed that this punishment was the most effective. Now, when I was researching, I came across a really interesting story. I don't know if it's true or not, but I thought it'd be really interesting to share with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1924, the Pennsylvania governor, Grifford Pinot, 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 we'll go with that, <laughs> allegedly sentenced Pep the cat murdering dog, which was an actual dog, to a life sentence at Eastern State because he allegedly murdered the governor's wife's cherished cat. Now, prison uh, records, oh, no, it gets better. Prison records reflect that Pep was assigned to inmate number C2559, which is seen in his mugshot. Now, so you're, the reason. So you're telling me that a dog went <laughs> wait, to jail? Wait, it gets better. The reason for Pep's incarceration remains a subject of debate. A contemporary newspaper article reported that it was actually the governor who donated his own dog to the prison to increase inmate morale. So there's one of two stories. Either the governor sentenced a dog to life in prison or he donated his own dog to help the inmate. If only you could see my face right now. I can imagine that as much <laughs> like I was when I was reading that. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, imagine there was a jail for pets. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be better than euthanizing them. I guess so. Like, pee on the carpet one more time. I'm turning your ass in. <laughs> so on April 3rd, 1945, there was a major escape that was carried out by 12 inmates, including Willie Sutton, who was the bank robber I mentioned earlier. Over the course of a year, he managed to dig an undiscovered 97-foot tunnel under the prison wall. During the renovations in, ni- in the 1930s, an additional 30 incomplete inmate dug tunnels were discovered. Now, how bad is your construction 
that you can have over 30 tunnels began to be dug. Yeah. The Eastern State was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1965 before the prison closed, which, like I said, it closed in 1971. A lot of the prisoners and guards were transferred to Greater Ford Prison, which was about 31 miles away. And the city of Philadelphia purchased the property with the intention of redeveloping it. They had several proposals, including things like a mall, apartment complex. But during the abandoned era, they decided to halt redevelopment. And in 1994, Eastern State opened to the public for history tours. It currently has a quote-unquote forest inside of the cell cell blocks. And it's also home to many stray cats. So if you go visit, say hi to a kitty. (laughs) I don't know why, but this number just randomly came into my head. But I want to visit at least five penitentiaries in my lifetime. Like... Not only just, like, do a tour, but, like, ghost hunt. You know what I mean? Ugh, I want to be a ghost mm-hmm. hunter so bad. But, um, yeah. So, speaking of tours, the best time that I would suggest to go visit Eastern State is during the haunted house nights. So, Halloween nights, which was formerly known. <laughs> Damn, are you Canadian all of a sudden? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Which is formerly known as Terror Behind the Walls is an annual haunted house Halloween event run by the Eastern State Penitentiary Historic Site, also known as the ESPHS, which is a lot easier to say. Do they have people in there like scaring you? Uh, uh, I'll explain that. Um, So the first fundraiser took place on Halloween weekend in 1991, and they included things like a short theatrical performance based on true tales of the prison murder and violence that occurred. In 1997, the event was rebanded as Terror Behind the Walls, which became a high startle, low gore walkthrough. So yes, they had people in there. No, see, Um, I'm not about that. I mean, I'll do it for fun, yes. But like in a real haunted place like that. It gets better. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) In 2001, it was broken up into three separate smaller haunted attractions, including a 3D haunted house, one of the first in the United States. In 2003, four semi-permanent haunted attractions were constructed inside the complex. And in 2014, the Invet included six attractions. Lockdown, The Machine Shop, Dietrich, Infirmary, The Experiment, and Nightwatch. The 2016 event also included six attractions, which include The Lockdown, The Uprising, that, that's one, um, The Machine Shop, Breakout, Dietrich, Infirmary, and Quarantine 4D. Those are still pretty similar to what they have now, but also in 2017, another attraction was added called Blood Yard. So many attractions inside the haunted penitentiary. Okay, so the prison is believed to be haunted by its past inhabitants. It's been featured on many ghost shows, including Travel Channel's Ghost Adventurers and Most Haunted Live and MTV's Fear and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. There have been a lot of people who have seen full-bodied apparitions with sacks over their heads that aimlessly roam. Now, the sacks that were over their head, eventually, after a few years, they would actually put in a slit over their eyes so they could see where they were walking. And that slit in their eyes was also known as the Eye of God. Why it was called that, I don't know. But it goes back to that religious aspect. Mm. So... A lot of the reason what is haunted is because of the punishments that were dealt out during its active years. We're going to go over these. The iron gag. 
This was the most deadly punishment, and it was where a iron collar was clamped onto the tongue of the inmate and was attached to the wrists, which were set high behind the back. Any movement of the hands caused tearing and severe bleeding on their tongue, and this punishment was reserved for those who were caught communicating and caused many prisoners to die due to massive blood loss. So I can imagine that those prisoners would be pretty pissed and would be haunting the place. The water bath. This is when the prisoner was dunked in an ice-cold water bath and hung from the wall for the rest of the night until morning where a layer of ice would be formed on their skin. The mad chair is a punishment that had prisoners strapped to a chair with tightly bound leather straps. They were so tight that it was not possible for even the slightest of movements, causing insufficient blood flow to parts of the body and often leading to having it amputated. The prisoners would be forced to sit for days without food, causing many to lose their minds and go mad, resulting in the name the Mad Chair. The hole was a pit in the ground under cell block 14, where irredeemable prisoners were locked for weeks with little air and no light. The prisoners were thrown a slice of bread and water from above to survive in the harsh environment which had rodents and cockroaches as well. Isn't that lovely? I'm like trying not to listen to you, but I also have to listen to you. So <laughs> okay, no, well, it's not lovely. We're done with, we're done with punishments on a lighter note. Mm. A notable figure that visited the prison in the 1840s was Charles Dickens, who found the conditions to be appalling with the prisoners being practically buried alive. He publicly mentioned about various ways the inmates faced psychological torture by the guards. So he was a big figure in advocating for the prisoners. In 1913, the prison was found to have unacceptable conditions and the Pennsylvania system was eliminated with the prison finally closing in 1971. But think about those years. That's almost 60 years later. It Mm -hmm. took them 58 years to shut down what they what they claimed was unacceptable conditions. That's sad. Yeah, it really is. So one of the biggest paranormal incidents that occurred in Eastern State Penitentiary was to a locksmith named Gary Johnson. He was working to restore cell block four by removing a 140-year-old lock from a lock cell door. As he tried to open the door, he describes there being a powerful force that paralyzed him. He also stated that he felt an out-of-body movement where he was drawn towards the cell, which was bursting with negative energy, with hundreds of anguished faces and distorted forms appearing on the cell walls around him. So many claim that Gary Johnson actually opened up a gateway for the ghosts and spirits who were locked in that cell, which is why the entire penitentiary is haunted instead of just that one cell that he had opened. Even when interviewed years later, he would still shudder in fear at the, at the thought of the room. So, can you imagine, though, um, being, yes paralyzed, no. being paralyzed and seeing faces in the walls? I feel like that wouldn't scare me, though. But with faces all that, in the walls. But with all that negative energy and you being paralyzed and not physically being able to move at all? I mean, yeah, it'd be creepy, but, like, if they're, if, if it's just, like, faces on the walls, I think, for me, my fear is, like, having a face straight up in my face, like, breathing on me or just staring at me eye to eye. But, no, definitely, I can see how that's, like, scary. But, yeah, so that is Eastern State Penitentiary. And like I <gasps> Good said, job! <laughs> and, like I said, if you want to go visit, there are literally seven days a week that you can go there to have a tour. Well, I don't live there, but I'm down. So you want to get us started on the serial killer of the week? Yeah! Okay, so my serial killer of the week, his name is Park Myung-sik. Park Myung-sik 
was born in Simpo, North Korea in 1951. He was nicknamed the Oregon Harvester, Yummy. He was a serial killer who was convicted of killing 12 teenagers in Simpo from April to October in 1990. He killed the 12 teenagers in order to eat their livers to cure his cirrhosis. Which is why I asked you what weird things happen. I mean, I wasn't expecting you to say, yeah, I've fucking, I've eaten people's livers to clear my skin. Like, <laughs> but I just wanted to know what was the weirdest thing you've done. I'm glad that you didn't think that low of me. At least you know me well enough to know I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that <laughs> is a different conversation. Um, fun fact, to this day, he is the only serial killer in existence that has been officially acknowledged by the North Korean government, which is infamous for its censorship regarding crime in the country. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I mean, that's pretty hard to uh, keep quiet. Well, I mean, it's North Korea. For some years prior to the murders, Park had been suffering from cirrhosis, for which he had to be treated by a famous doctor at a large hospital in Hamhung. The treatment apparently had no effect, and while continuing to suffer from pains, Park overheard a co-worker say that a fortune teller could help him with his issues. As religious practices are forbidden in the country, the co-worker agreed to introduce him in secret. And when he met the fortune teller, Park begged him for answers to cure his illness. While he initially rejected his pleas, the fortune teller eventually felt pity on him and told Park that the only way to cure his illness was to consume human livers. Frightened by the prospect of killing a human, he returned home, but as his condition grew worse and worse over time, Park supposedly decided that it would be better to try than to die in agony. So Park broke inside a dormitory and latched himself onto a sleeping 15-year-old, putting his hand over her mouth and then stabbing her with a knife. As he was carrying the bleeding girl out of the building, Park was frightened off by barking dogs and was forced to flee, leaving the dying student behind, who died from her injuries on the following day. yeah a few days later i don't know i should not be saying this but it just reminded me of the trailer for wednesday adam where the mom was like what do you think people are gonna think by her on your record and she's like (laughs) yeah you're right they'll know i have failed sorry sorry bad timing a few days later a farmer at a nearby farm found the severely mutilated body of another student whose injuries were so severe that he fainted imagine oh the Sinpo city police department was alerted to the discovery but despite investigations they were unable to identify or catch the criminal instead some suggested that it might be the work of a ghost Uh, okay north korea for you (laughs) A few days after this incident, the body of a woman in her 20s was found in downtown Simpo, bearing the same injuries as the previous victim. Now, due to lack of police effort, Park would continue killing and would kill nine more victims. Can't catch a ghost. One day in October 1990, Park attempted to abduct his would-be 13th victim, a student traveling for work at the communal 
farm. He was unsuccessful and fled, but on the way he was noticed by a vigilant citizen who immediately apprehended him and brought him to the police station. Following his confessions, the fortune teller was also arrested and charged with an unknown offense. Park's trial was held in mid-October 1991 before the People's Court in Sinpo. He pleaded guilty to the charges and was convicted and sentenced to death. Sometime that same month, he was executed by firing squad as punishment for giving the advice that led Park to start his murder spree. The fortune teller was sentenced to 15 years in a penal colony, which he served out in full and was released in 2006. As per the North Korean criminal code, he was then deported to another province and his further fate remains unknown. Yo, North Korea... Fuck yeah. around, find out. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't even, I don't know how to, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it, that's just how desperate the dude was to, like, find know, a cure. But... And, like, you, and, and in the beginning, it even said, like, he was hesitant towards it. Like, he didn't want to kill people. Like, just the thought of it, like, you know. But because he was in so much pain, he resorted to it. Like, oh, my gosh. I guess it's just I I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to come up with excuses for him I'm just saying it's just yeah no crazy I, yeah like that's the thing like for me it's just so crazy I don't even know what to say to that you don't have to say anything it's okay we can move on from the goriness man <laughs> let's let's move on to our tarot card reading so thank you for sharing that god-awful serial killer thank you I mean you're and... welcome <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our last segment we are doing a tarot reading for one of our listeners, Maddie. This is not the same Maddie that we've done before. There's, we'll yeah. call her Maddie number two. Yeah. So she wants a spirit guide spread. And we found a really nice one by Moon Mama Oracle on Pinterest. I love spirit guide spreads, man. Me too. Those were like the first spreads I ever did. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. There's those. The past life spreads. I love those too. Yeah. Which funny story i don't think i've ever done a past life spread on myself huh we I've should always done uh, keep that people. in mind yeah so card number one is how have my spirit guides tried to introduce themselves to me card Ooh. number two is how can i introduce myself to them card three is what have my guides recently helped me through in life card four what wisdom do my guides have for me now that they're here card five what would my guides like me to reflect on Card six, how would my guides like to improve communication from now on? Um, Maddie, good choice. I want this. I want this reading. I mean, we could do yours next. Okay. Either this episode or next. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens, how we are on time. Okay. So card number one is, how have my spirit guides tried to introduce themselves to me? And this comes through the King of Cups reversed. You feel overly emotional, overwhelmed, and anxious. God. Hmm. Focus your attention on your innermost feelings so you can discover the emotions of your subconscious mind. Do not let your uncontrolled emotions make the life choices for you. So they are communicating through your emotions. They're, I feel like they're communicating with you by... Intuition? Yeah, like help, helping you get through those like hard times because it you know brought that up. Um, yeah so obviously your spirit guides are not only around you during your hardest times you know but all the time so card number two how can i introduce myself to them 
and this comes through the six of wands. You're reaching success and are winning and achieving the things that you're working for. You might have fans, well-wishers, and a lot of supporters. Ooh. So how can you introduce yourself to them? Okay, so spirit guides are there during your hardest times, of course, all the time. But mainly, they're there to help you get through those tough times. And they want you to know that. How can you introduce yourself to them? By communicating with them more. This is just like what I'm getting. I'm not going based off of the meaning of the card. This is what I'm getting, okay? Mm-hmm. that maddie you need to introduce yourself by connecting more with them whether you're meditating you're sitting down doing i don't know if you do tarot but if you sit down do tarot talk out loud to them i mean if you can't talk out loud i'm sure just talking in your head is fine but um like i'm getting flashbacks and i feel like i should tell you about this flashback when i first started doing tarot i remember i'd have my setup but i'd also talk out loud and i communicate with my spirit guides and talk to them and I guess in a way get to know them with the cards to have a conversation with them in a way rather than okay I need you guys to help me like tell the future or like read these cards Mm -hmm. you know so like aside from that connect with them and it also says that you have like a crowd of supporters so maybe it's that they are your supporters and you need to connect more with your your well-wishers Okay, so card number three is what have your guides recently helped you with through life? And that comes through the hangman reversed. And there's delays and resistance and missed opportunities, but this is a positive sign that you can move forward with a new perspective and a renewed sense of energy. So it's keeping any type of optimism that you have left alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that one was pretty, pretty clear. So card number four is what wisdom do your guides have for you now that they're here? And this comes through the Queen of Pentacles. You have a high success and independence. You're nurturing, practical, and you're providing for everybody financially. You may be a working parent or a female person in your life who is generous. And alongside the motherly attributes, you are also talented in business and execute your plan successfully. You're always making your home welcoming to guests. So you're a good person. (laughs) You're a good person, But just know that your good deeds can welcome red flags. And I think your spirit guides want you to keep an eye out for that. Hmm, Interesting. Because bad things, unfortunately, still happen to good people, right? Always, always. So card number five is, what would my guides like me to reflect on? And this comes through the King of Wands reversed. You might prefer to take the backseat and avoid leadership at work. You might not be proactive and you might not take charge of your finances and relationships. Try to take productive steps towards your goals and have the ability to realize your dreams. Wow. If that wasn't a um, very clear message, I, I don't know how else I could get more clear. Yeah, agreed. So card number six is how would my guides like me to improve communication from now on? And this comes through the six of swords. You are transitioning, progressing, and moving into calmer waters. You might be reaching the end of a difficult period, and this is going to take the form of ending a painful relationship, the desire to leave the past behind, or even healing yourself. You may feel deflated coming through this tough time, but you need to stay in touch with your intuition and your inner guidance. You will emerge victorious. So how would your guides like you to communicate from now on? I think the communication itself is like... It's your intuition. Like, they're there with you all the time. Yeah, but like, 
the, I think the communication itself is like Maddie like you continuing to push yourself forward yeah that drive is your spirit guides working with you they're pushing yeah. you to keep going you keep even going, when you feel you keep, mm-hmm. yeah even when you feel like you're ready to give up that you're just completely done they're there pushing you on oh wow Maddie I hope you're okay <laughs> that was that was rough maybe I don't want this reading <laughs> Maybe we always want the readings that turn out to be like calling the most out. Yeah. yeah i still want it though i'm excited i want it <laughs> all right um anything else you'd like to add on nope i feel like that was a pretty self-explanatory tarot reading i feel like maddie got caught a little bit all right well thank you ghosties for joining us this week make sure to give us a follow on our social media if you want a tarot card reading from us feel free to dm us we will choose one lucky person a week we are your hosts i'm veronica and i'm chelsea have a spooky weekend talk to you guys next week bye bye